your phone or you're watching online and, or you just want to watch on the screen, here at Cornerstone, uh, we always want to open up the proclamation of God's word, the sermon, with the reading of the scriptures. And so I would just invite you to stand with us as we read from his holy and inspired word. We are going to be reading, continuing our Hebrew series from Hebrews chapter 11, and we are going to be reading verses 1 through 6. At the end of the reading, I will then declare this is the word of the Lord, and I invite you to respond back. Thanks be to God. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commanded as having pleased God, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning. We have a task before us today, don't we, after those verses? Reminded of a story, there was three guys once on a deserted island. That means nobody else is on the island. And one of them on Sundays was given the task to teach and preach the other two. And when he was done on this one particular Sunday, he told the other two, next week we're going to have four. That is faith. (laughs) Now, it might seem like way is, well, watch this person's life. Look at this person's life. Look at their example. The best way most of us learn is by an example of having a mentor around us. And when you see men and women, young people living a life of faith, you're like, oh, that's how we do it. And what a great way to do it. Here it is right here. They're committing their lives as parents with their kids to say, we're going to jump in on this life of faith and we're going to start Sons and daughters off at a ripe young age. I think that's awesome, amen? Now, some of you are questioning, I thought Brian was a teacher now, and the title 
doesn't make grammatical sense. What, what's going on in his classroom? Uh, well, let's explain that. So the, the title is Faithing the Better Jesus. And we've been looking at something better every week. And today we're putting that, just that word that's often just a noun, faith, and we're putting it into action by calling it faithing. And so faithing the better Jesus, and here's a, a little definition for us today. Faithing is the active process where the child of God believes the word of God in order to receive the promises of God, thus making them real in our lives. Run it by you again. The active process where the child of God believes the word of God in order to receive the promises of God, thus making them real in our lives. And so right out of these passages this morning, I'd like us to see a few things where this is happening. Faithing the better Jesus, first of all, accepts God's word for the reality and forming of the unseen universe. So what was unseen became seen, of course, and it's real, and God did it. Philip Yancey once said, believing in, in advance in something that will only seem logical when seen in reverse is what I call faith. Philip Yancey said that. And sometimes we look back on things that happen in our life, and then, we, oh, I see what God was up to. Rarely, while we're going through a difficult time, and 2020 is going to be forever labeled as the difficult year, right? We're going to have to live some time after this to look back to say, I wonder what God was doing, and things are going to start going, hmm, interesting. But rarely, during the struggle, during the difficult times, do things make sense? We know that uh, Paul probably dealt with this maybe more than anybody in one short lifetime of all the things he had to deal with and still live a life of faith. And in the book of Ephesians 2.6, he's thinking about this world that's unseen, and he says, he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that passage isn't about like later on, it's about our position right now in the heavenlies. And so there is something going on that we cannot see with the physical eyes, even as we sit here today. That's just kind of ominous to think about. It's pretty awesome that around us, there is another dimension that stuff's going on. We got to have faith in that. Why? Because God's word says it. The passage reminds us it's God's word. It's God's word. And here we are continuing following in love with God's word as a congregation every day, every week, every year. This is a part of your life of faith, church. The less time we spend in the Bible, we're going to struggle more in our life of faith. The more time we spend in God's word, make it a part of us, jump into the community groups, tear into the passage that the whole church listened to a message on Sundays on, the more we're going to see, God, you're up to something. I believe. We believe. <laughs> there was a story in the Bible where uh, maybe just a servant guy needed some assurance, and he was serving one of the prophets, the prophet Elisha. And that story is in 2 Kings, uh, and this verse is chapter 6, verse 17, and the guy just couldn't believe that they were going to be okay. 
And it says there, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He saw into the unseen world, and he wondered, wow, why is this guy so comfortable that everything's going to be okay? God's got it under control. God's a sovereign God. Most people don't see that. And on that particular day, the young man was able to see, oh, God does have it under control. When it looks like everything's about doom and gloom. It's almost as if, if God's word says it, it's going to be real. And in fact, that's a true statement. (laughs) If God's word says it, it's going to come to pass. Now, I am totally with you. Sometimes our timetable and God's timetable don't align. That's where our faith comes in. B.F. Westcott said, no purely physical explanation of the world is possible. And the more people go along and walk this life of faith, the more you realize, man, things, there's just no way they could be a coincidence. But yet people believe some of the most crazy things and struggle with the basic belief in God and a life of faith. I took these right off of a, one of those magazines that you probably trust at the newspaper stand at the store. Dinosaurs honked like Buicks. Some people believe it. Cow mattresses help cows produce more milk. I thought that was interesting to share this morning. World War II bomber found on the moon. You see that title and they, grab, they want to buy the paper to read about that. Woman gives birth to two-year-old baby. Child walks and talks in three days. Adam and Eve's bones found in Asia. Eve was a space alien. They print them, people buy it. Some people believe that more than God created the heavens and the earth. It's amazing. What has happened, though, you see, is without a personal, compassionate God, who needs a Savior? And the enemy knows this, and he has sold that bill of goods through generation after generation, and our generation, it seems, is just swallowing that up hook, line, and sinker. And so when God's people come to share about people's need for a Savior, who needs a Savior if there's no personal, compassionate God? Now, this is dated now for most of us, but there was a physicist back in the 1900s, a French physicist named Paul Dirac, And he was one that believed God used what he called beautiful mathematics to create the world. His pioneer discoveries led to him winning the Nobel Prize in 1933, led to the study of quantum mechanics. I know some of your brains are just exploding now. But there's a part of our world, there's some people in our congregation, they can hang with that kind of listening. And for most of us, we think, oh, those people always struggle with a belief in God. Paul didn't. He said, science and religion, they go together. Why? Because they're both seekers of the truth. And if you noticed, in between the songs today, all these scriptures were coming up about seeking God, seeking truth, seeking his heart. 
And there's something in each one of us, because God did create us, that we're hungry to find out who our creator is. And I don't believe you're going to be satisfied with it's a a glump of ooze. We're dying to know the truth. And God's word simply says, first sentence, and God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't start with an explanation. Why? Because you don't need one when it starts with God. And if you nail that down in your being, in your mind, in your heart, that God was and he created so much of the other stuff that's going to come up in life, it doesn't really matter as long as you know God is powerful enough to create out of nothing the universe and even the ground that we walk on and the people that we love every day. Not only does faith in accept God's word for the reality and forming of the unseen universe, but secondly, faith in focuses on a God who is real and a rewarder. The fact that he exists, and then it even talks about what kind of God he is, his character, in other words. Now, I know people get confused about this a lot to the point of all you're doing is seeking what's in the hand of God rather than knowing the character of God. We should never be satisfied with just, you know, I want more stuff, God. I want more stuff, God. If you have the hand of God in your life, you're going to have what you need. He's going to provide for whatever you need. A couple things here this morning. God exists absolutely. Uh, God is real. The writer of Hebrews was convinced of this. Yes, we've been looking through uh, various passages, and somehow there was this struggle, whoever these people were that the book was written to, with trusting Christ as preeminent as he was and maybe wanting to go back to Judaism as if that could hold a candle to who Jesus was. And so the whole text so far has been how much better, how much greater Jesus is than what they had. And so I don't know maybe if they had struggled with this, but I know a lot of people do. With this, does God really exist? And we know that in Exodus 3, God said, I am who I am. Now our church, Pastor Logan, they we're all professionals in Exodus because we spend so much time there, right? Um, In other words, God says, that's my name. I exist, okay? That's the easy part. Moses is sitting there trying to figure out, you know, why isn't this bush being consumed? God's like, you're missing the point. (laughs) I exist, therefore, what I'm about to tell you, you're going to have to trust me to do it, okay? Because there's no way you're going to be able to deliver all these people out of Egypt. But if you know that I exist, follow my directions, we'll get them all out and we'll get them into the promised land. Somehow, God is so pleased when his absolute existence is known and embraced by faith. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, he's pleased when we faith him, when we're faithing him. When he's reflected in your life and my life, God smiles. I hope that's like a daily thing, right? We want to, God, were you pleased with my life today? Oh, I know there was that one thing at lunchtime. Sorry. I apologize. I confess that. But 
Overall, were you pleased with my day? I still believe you exist. Just because some guy acted a certain way or some lady acted a certain way, I'm not doubting that you exist, God. Why? Because your word says so. Second Chronicles 16.9, Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. And that's something like you could get down into your heart and really believe, right? Is God like looking out today over the battlements of heaven for somebody that's wanting to serve him today? Is he that kind of God? Not only does he exist, but is he a rewarder? Is he wanting to move even in our day? Or is he like too busy doing like heaven stuff? We don't want to bother him, right? We're just so kind, you know, let's take a few weeks off. We'll come back to you, God, when we need something. No, he's looking for people whose hearts are right, who's walking with him, who really want to change their generation. I think that's kind of comforting, right? That God's actually looking, engaged in our life, not just we have to like talk him into it. It totally changes the way we can live every day of our lives. I love the story about this woman in the Old Testament. Her name was Ruth. I know she was a Moabite. I know she was a different ethnicity. I know she had different beliefs than God's people. And I know her husband died, her brother-in-law died, her father-in-law died, a lot of death. But she had this believing mother-in-law, and and she even was like, "Eh, just go back to your people. I'm going to go back. Sorry. And I love Ruth's statement of faith. She said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Ruth and Naomi did go back to Bethlehem. Ruth just happened to wander into the fields of Boaz, just happened to catch the eye of Boaz, just happened to marry Boaz, just happened to be the great-grandmother of King David. A little bit of faith. (laughs) Look what God did. And now Ruth is this person that nobody would have thought, because guess what? If you're in that kingly line, guess who also is in your genealogy? Ruth, a Moabite, is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. There's got to be three people here today in this crowd that probably thinks there's no way God would ever answer my faith. I'm a Moabite. I'm out of the circle. And here's an example again. The Bible is trying to throw these people, real people, not made up fairy tales. Okay, there's no Walt Disney in here. Real people that faith God, they put it into action and God moved and history was changed. Why does it have to be any different today? It doesn't. Real faith means I depend more on what God is like than what I am like. 
The more you know God, the more you know his character, you embrace who he is, the more conformed to his image you will become. Your faith will grow. You'll want to seek him, even during COVID. You will be more assured of things hoped for and more convinced of things unseen. Oh, I'm one of those guys, Brian. I have to see it to believe it. My name's Thomas. God will be real, and he will be overflowing in your life and through your life. He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. But not only is faith in accepting God's word and focused on him being real and a rewarder, but finally, God, through this amazing process of watching us faith him, Faithing expresses itself in our stories. And we only got two in the passage today. One was Abel, one was Enoch. And as you read the reading this week, I hope you're going to come across all kinds of men and women whose stories you may question, wow, did that really happen? Or how did they get in there? But in the sovereignty of God, he decided through the power of the Holy Spirit that these were the people that were going to make what we call the, the hallmark or the hall of faith in chapter 11. And we can look to those people as examples. And it's our stories where God gets the glory and faith is distributed. But, of course, we're benefactors of that. Verse 2 said, For by it, by faith, the people of old received their commendation." You're commended. Good job. Way to go. Could you imagine God saying that to you, to me? Great. Verse 5 says, By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found, meaning he was just walking one day and then, whoop! He, was, he wasn't. Because God had taken him, for before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. This is that whole biblical phrase you keep hearing throughout the Bible from Habakkuk, from Romans, and Abraham faithed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, as he's in right standing with God. It's your faith, it's my faith. And that was before Jesus Christ. God was looking for, how are you going to answer today when I come to speak to you? Will you trust me? Will you follow me? Will you obey me? Faithing. Back in Hebrews 6, it, it said that uh, we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to having a full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't be sluggish, but be like these guys that we've been telling you about, like these women we've been telling you about. That's why it's, it's just impossible to like go on your own and live a life of dynamic faith, isn't it? It's because the whole Bible is screaming, we need people around us. Because you know there's going to be days like 2020, that's more than a day, where it's going to be so tempting to say, I'm out. How can a loving God allow this to happen? 
And we've only saying that because we're living in 2020. But if we would have lived in 1152 or 785, there was some crazy thing going on during their time. And people still had to say, well, now what? And God's like, I'm here. I'm waiting to work through you. That's the way I designed this life. I'm not going to like go up and turn everybody's head, open it up, and pour in the bottle of faith. No, you're going to have to go through it, bud. Because that's how you and I grow. That's the beauty of being human, is when we go through these things, now there's a story to tell. I wonder how your story is today. Oh, Brian, don't say that, please. The point of Hebrews 11, folks, is to give us examples of those who, through faith, did this or that. And even the guys at the end of chapter 11, where they're kind of unnamed and no great thing happened, but their lives were taken from them. They went through terrible things. You know there's stuff going on like that in the world today, right? Some countries that if somebody raises their hand to be a believer, the hand is gone. We haven't yet had to deal with that yet. Faith. And just, if you were reading chapter 10, right before chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews says, you guys have need of endurance. And I, I can't tell you how many times I remember as a sports guy, when I was a kid, of a coach saying that. You have need of endurance. You knew what was coming next week in practice. Uh, whoever made these two-a-days up? Some coach that probably was a Christian that read the Bible and said, these kids have a need of endurance. Let's have a two-a-days for a week in the summer. <laughs> endurance. Do you think the writer of Hebrews was thinking maybe there's a lot of other Christians and the people I'm writing to are just one small section and how they handle what they're going through is going to be amazing when this story is told to the rest of the world at that time? And of course, now all the way down to us. You see, you have need of endurance, meaning the writer didn't believe that ah, they're going to quit. No, he knew something was waiting. Uh-oh, their story isn't over. We've had a better sacrifice preached to us, Jesus, once and for all, for you. We've had a better high priest preached to us, his own blood, for you. We've had a better rest preached to us. God's word is living and active today for you. We've had a sermon preached to us that Jesus is better than the angels. He made purification for sins and he sat down for you. All these lives in Hebrews 11 heard the word of God. They heard the story of God. They trusted the promises of God. And then they lived their lives in light of that promise. Maybe some of us are like right on that precipice today. We've heard the word of God. We think we trust the promises of God. We've got people around us that are giving evidence of God working, but we've yet to take that final step. Pretty, pretty easy question, I think, today. is: like, Are you a man or a woman of faith? But if I ask it in the active, are you faithing Jesus today? Well, no, not really. 
that all you need to do is engage your faith. Because if we're not engaging our faith, the Bible is clear this morning, we are not pleasing God. Pastor Logan, would you help me for a second, please? Thank you. This is a flat football. You know, it's really hard, Mike, to, to play a game that's flat. Now, I know there are teams or even a quarterback that prefers an uninflated uh, one, you know. But generally, uh, the laws are specific. It tells you exactly how to do this right. And would you just turn that on button there? It's amazing that when you put the needle in, the power comes from the generator. Thank you. You see that? Just because you can't change a tire doesn't mean you can't run a generator. (laughs) There's love for everybody in the church. (laughs) But now, this is what I mean. I love you, man, so much. And I love you too, whoever the people are that love the, the New England Patriots, Caleb. Most of us are like, oh, I saw it. I saw the power. I saw it was flat. I'm, I'm exhausted. I want to give up, but now my ball's full. And then we think that's the end of it. No. The whole point of that was now you have a ball to play the game. If we never play the game, we've missed the idea of faithing. And so I put this out to you gently this morning, but as with much earnestness and urgency as I can. If you're exhausted, if you feel like all you can see is the negative in your life, yeah, you know there's stuff going around you, but it's not penetrating your heart right now. You just want to give up. The Bible is really clear. That's the time to get your eyes off of yourself and put your faith, even if it's like that much, in the Son of God. The Bible says in Hebrews again, Steve said it right, everything flows out of the thesis statement in chapter 1. He is the heir of all things. He created the world. He's the radiance of the glory of God. He upholds the world by the word of his power. I can't see him in my life, though. Not yet. Because you're looking at your life right now. But if you will get that needle, that spiritual needle, and that God's power inflate your life, and then you're ready to get in the game. All you got to do is listen, God, when's it time to go? I've read the Bible. I know the playbook. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm ready to go. Maybe today. As Hebrews says over and over, today is the day. Today is the day. I want to encourage you. Your story is not over, friend. In your life today, you need to engage faithing somewhere. Don't look at like the eight areas. Look at the one area. Because nothing else is more important than that right now. Start today faithing the better Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, it's so easy with all the stuff going on and our 
love or addiction of listening to all the social media and the news to just focus on negative and before you know it we're losing our faith in you so would you like give us a, a time where we can refocus today and get re-engaged and put our faith back in you we trust your word god your word never has failed us we trust the power of the son of god and we were reminded again that he's the one that is the savior of the world. He is the one that took care of the sin problem. And we're reminded of your Holy Spirit that will give us the power to endure whatever happens in our life today. But I pray, God, that we won't do it alone, that we'll do it in this amazing group of people. And if we're online today watching, would you please reach out to somebody to let them know there's nothing wrong in fact you're super wise to reach out and say man i'm exhausted can somebody pray for me can somebody help me that's why the church is here and god when we've done that i know you'll be pleased we pray in jesus name amen